Hey, Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, a wargaming podcast. So I was wondering, how dedicated do you think our audience is? Uh, to war games or to us? I think to us, pretty dedicated, because most of them are, you know, us. <laughs> really? Okay, if you, if you think we're that dedicated, do you think we could just, like, go to sleep on the stream? And then they would just... No, definitely no? not, because... Even I won't watch myself sleep. And this is an audio podcast and there would just be nothing yeah. going on? Yeah. Consider okay. I, I was that just... You don't even watch, uh, listen to all of our podcasts. Uh, I don't think that's actually possible. So actually, I changed my mind. Not very dedicated. <laughs> oh, okay. That, <laughs> even if it's just like us, uh, it's not dedicated. Okay, because I was just, you know, watching Twitch yesterday and mm-hmm. listening to some DJs and then went on to their recommendations to see, you know, what's going on on Twitch and arrived at one girl's challenge she was just sleeping there with 1800 viewers i'm like are people just gonna leave no and they didn't leave they were just waiting or they just had her on and they were walking around no they were they were just chatting with each other and in the chat they're like oh yeah the first time she did this there was six thousand people watching i'm like oh okay and they said oh yeah another time she said she was gonna take a 30 minute nap and just slept for three hours i'm like no one's going wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, she's not even there in the picture. She just went to her bed and slept. No, she went to sleep on the couch rather than talking. She was on video, just, you know. So she like, had a video and you of herself sleeping on the couch. Live. Yeah. Thousands of viewers. Wow. And people just, would just hang out waiting for her to wake up. Yeah, so that, that's what... But not doing. just like walking around doing the dishes. They're literally sitting there chatting with each other. Wow, she's really created a community. Yeah, so I guess we just live in the Truman Show now. Anyhow, back to back to our weird... <laughs> that, was just a, that was just something you needed to tell me, is what you're saying. Uh, so what you're saying is that if we were truly become dedicated, then we should be able to watch our videos and, oh, and or podcasts while sleeping and you just hear snoring and heavy breathing yeah that, that's dedication right there exactly <laughs> that's when you yeah. know you've made it <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like you know what i'm tired this week i'm just gonna sleep but i didn't want to give you guys nothing so uh you can just hear me snore for about half an hour 45 minutes and i hope that's enough and then everyone did they seem engaged yes wow no. i guess it, how long did you stay for what was I doing? I think I was, I was reading some other news articles and just let it play. Just and, people didn't, and only like 50 people left over the course of half an hour. And then how long did it take for you to subscribe? I, did, I, I don't have a login, don't worry. Anyhow, our viewers don't need to know. I don't even have a Twitch log. So, but, but to show our dedication to other games, we've, mm-hmm. we have gone and thought about changes we would make to games to improve them. Yep. So, uh, Basically, um, almost not related at all to sleeping on a podcast. Uh, we have, however, uh, thought about the games that we played and ways that we could change those games uh, for the better. And so our topic, uh, this uh, podcast, is three different games and one change that would make it better for each. All right. 
So do you want to start by naming the three games that you're going to talk about? Then I'll name my three. Cause I'm still thinking about this girl and people watching this girl sleep. I'm sorry. I'm distracted. So I think you need to go first as uh, I kind of, so you can lead things into this, well, this thing. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've already gone over the fact that we now apparently live in the Truman show. I've just accepted it now. I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well we we'll, are trying so, to, you know, putting out our, our version, I, sure. our version, yes, which is mm-hmm. completely dedicated to miniatures, but, yes. miniature gaming. There you go. So the three games I want to go through. I guess these are just not. Uh, no, just, just do one. Yep. Like, let's let's go from three, then two, then one. Okay. So I guess I'll start with Gaslands. Okay. Which is a game that uses Hot Wheels cars for people who haven't played it before, mm-hmm. but. You pick up the rule book, you get some templates, kind of like X-Wing to move your cars around. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of changes I would honestly make to it. But I think mm-hmm. the biggest one I would make to it is So that... wait, wait, can we describe Gaslands just a little bit more about what makes it good? Oh, okay. Oh, what makes it good? Yeah. Is you kind of build... So you take usually about two to three cars per side, and uh-huh. it helps to play with maybe four or five people because the activations for each car are pretty simple. Then you activate one car for each person mm-hmm. and you basically get an, each turn, you get an activation for whatever gear the car is in and the gear kind of determines the number of determines the type of templates you can use, which okay. the higher gear you're forced to use faster templates, slower gears. You only have access to smaller templates. Mm-hmm. So you move less. And usually the cars are in about gear three. So you get three activations per turn. Yep. But the thing is, it doesn't matter if you only have are in gear one. Well, no, it does matter. If you're in gear one, every time you activate, you get to shoot. So if you're in gear one, you only get to, you get to shoot once. Gear two, mm-hmm. twice, and you go maximum speed gear five, which really limits how you can turn. You get to shoot five times. The thing is that it's not very realistic, the fact that you're driving faster and getting to shoot faster. It, you, mm-hmm. you would think it would need more concentration to like work at high speeds and you'd have problems shooting. Okay. So... So that is the problem that you want to get at. So overall, the game is fun. It's exciting. It's high octane. You get mm-hmm. that feeling of racing, but... It's like X-Wing. You expect X-Wing should just yeah. be like 2D objects moving around in 2D, which it would be cars on mm-hmm. moving on a surface. So it's like, oh yeah, this this is a really good way of representing moving things with templates. And Mad Max, that movie was amazing. So everyone now wants to play with like cars driving around and shooting stuff. Yes, and smashing into each other. Like the whole concept is really fun, but mm-hmm. it just kind of takes you out of the reality of it that when you're going slower, you're not shooting as much. And it's poor as when you're going quickly, you're probably more likely to be winning the death race, which is the most fun way to play. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah, Death Race is also a movie, but that movie sucked, so it didn't help the genre. The cars were cool. <laughs> yes, that's true. There was no plot. <laughs> yeah. But it feels like it'd be more realistic if you got to shoot the same number of times per entire turn, not just per activation. So my suggestion would be to allow players to shoot three times in every turn. Yeah. As long as like as long as other people were activating, you get to keep shooting up to three times a turn. Mm-hmm. Rather than just going all the way up to five, which also gives the game sort of a catch-up mechanic. Because with Gaslands, when you start losing your cars, you're just falling further behind. So if you fall further behind, you lose cars and you lose speed, you're now just way behind. There's no catch-up mechanic. But I would suggest Mm -hmm. that allowing everyone to shoot three times, no matter what their speed, 
unless they're wiped out or even if they're wiped out because if they're wiped out they're concentrating on their car or maybe only if you have two because there's also a number of passengers for each car Uh so that maybe one passenger must be dedicated to getting the car back back Mm -hmm. on the road and the rest can make their shooting Mm -hmm. okay you want to be more specific about how it would work that would be my thought about it okay so yep go on you think that would improve the game so the so basically the problem you're looking at is that when you fall behind like generally the game is about racing and do you know chasing cars it's actually more like death race than it is about mad max except that mad max is just a better movie so uh the problem though is that okay um falling behind is the main problem you're trying to to solve i guess right oh and re- and reality like it feels reality. a little bit un- sorry sorry realistic the realistic i would put it on the top of my list uh-huh okay and by changing the shots to three times i guess would you say like would you would you just do phase one phase two phase three and then you just can't shoot on phase four and five um, I would say if you're driving, you should be allowed to do it. If you're if you activate on turn four, mm-hmm. you'd be allowed to shoot then if you haven't already shot three times. But if you haven't, if you if you're not in gear three, which basically gives you the three activations, mm-hmm. then you you're forced to do one, two, three. I guess my question is if you say you can shoot at turn one, two, and three, assuming like then and you can't shoot on turn four and five i guess you have to be able to shoot on four sorry well if you shift up you can save it till then if you successfully shoot. but i guess my question is how do you remember like how do you track when you're going to shoot you have to remember it or you have like an extra token so i guess that's one negative is Mm -hmm. that you're tracking one more thing yeah i like the general idea because i it did bug me that if you go super fast, you can shoot a lot more. Uh, and if you wipe out early on, because let's say you were going fast and then on, on, on phase one, you couldn't shoot at all. It seemed weird. And it also made the game feel like it separated the turns to like each round, you could say, to be very, very different, right? Instead of being... Um, what do you call it? Instead of feeling like, cause when you're in a race, there's not actually a round, right? It's not like you speed up for five seconds and then, then you slow down and then speed up for five seconds. Right. Whereas when you do a round, the one, two, the gear, one, two, three, four, five, uh, feels a, like an artificial grouping of a turn, right? So anything that you can do in that game to make each round more fluid is, uh, better. Okay. So I like being able to shoot three times around. Yeah, because I don't think there should be more shooting if one person's going faster or everybody's going slower. I think it just yeah. makes a turn feel like it's actually a set amount of time. And then someone's driven further because they're going faster in that turn and some people haven't driven as far. But the time all stays consistent. Anyhow, it's just the realism and the catch-up, I think, are the okay. high reasonings. And so it would be basically if you haven't shot at the end of turn four, you get to shoot. If you, well, shot if you haven't shot three times, then at the end of what a specific turn, you can shoot. Yeah. 
if you haven't shot three times yet, you can shoot at the end of the turn. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, no, you shoot on your turns. So as long as it keeps going around. Uh-huh. Then. But if you shot like, three times, you can't shoot on the on gear four. You can keep driving if you're in gear four. Or no, what I mean is if it's your third turn, yep. right? Gear three and you change to gear four. If you want to be able to shoot on gear four, you have you can't have shot on gear three. Yeah, you have to have planted ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that's cool. I think that's cool. I, I do worry about just the fiddliness. Um, but overall I like the the, the set of it. I, I just wonder if there's some things you could do. Like to me, the idea of shoot one, two, three, or something like that. Yeah, the thing is you might drive over to someone by the end of turn four and then you can't shoot, which also also feels yeah, yeah well, sort of by the fourth gear activation. It feels shoot. artificial. Yes. That's true. Yeah, and I think the idea of shooting should be like return fire. Excuse me. Um, return fire um, is not as important as just positioning yourself in the right place to shoot shoot at the opponent. Yeah, that's a lot about a lot of what the game is about because you normally yeah. you've got to mount your weapons in a certain direction. Uh -huh. So that's that still plays into the big part of the game. That's true. And then it does make sense that you would want to save your shooting because you're like, oh, someone's coming. Someone's going to come head on, let's say, and I can fire back at them. Or if I have a rear-facing gun, maybe I'm going to save my shooting because I want to make sure that I'm going to fire at that guy when they pass by on yep. gear four. So I like, you know what? I like that. Just the fiddliness is is the one thing that I, you'd have to manage. But overall, I like it. Yeah, and if you're in the lower gear, you don't feel left out as the other players keep going. So yeah, yeah. you don't feel like you're doing nothing for four turns. That's the one of the biggest things. If turn one, you're like, oh, I can't do anything. And then people are run like rushing past you and you can't even fire back at them. It seems mm -hmm. stupid. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So there's lots. All right. Of okay, so you're my number you're three. Uh my number three is for Warhammer 40,000. Okay. So Warhammer forty, yep. You're gonna send it right back to third edition. <laughs> uh, ideally, yes, but uh, then I could just say third edition, right? So, um, I guess it would be fifth edition technically, but um, no, I I, I don't want to be like that's that too many rules better. changes. So that's I feel like for the, the way we're positioning it. Um, I don't know. Chain, turning back the clock 10 years, I don't know if that counts as mm. one change. Um, so I am going to talk about specifically 8th edition. Um, you know, and, and, and now people are used to it, so the ability for it to uh, for us to turn back the clock, maybe that's hard. Although they are, they are bringing back Warhammer of the Old World, so who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe people will realize that the 3rd edition set uh, is better. And then, you know, people are often saying that um, Horus Heresy is better. And Horus Heresy is using third edition rules, right? The tweaked versions up to, to uh, seventh edition, but at the same time, it's the core rule set is the third edition rule set, right? Um, so anyways, you, you distracted me. No, not turning back to third edition. Specifically, what would I do? Change uh, eighth, or I guess it's not ninth edition now. Uh, what rule do I think is the biggest problem or, or what one rule could you change to make the game a lot better? Um, I think a lot of the problems are literally just their, their codex creep. 
so I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm immediately thinking, oh, there's a whole bunch, right? There's a whole bunch of changes that I would do. But the one change uh, that I, that stands out to me the, the most um, is their AP toughness system. Now, if you followed ninth edition, so ninth edition overall, I don't think is a great game, but you know, a lot of people play it. So uh, the, the issue is that, you know, like when you want to play with your Warhammer models, which is, you know, you want to bring your super powerful space Marines who are uh, science fiction, super human warriors that are no longer human. That's how a like powerful and whatever they are. Um, they're supposed to be super tough with their super awesome power armor and all their art shows them like shooting their bolt guns as fire comes back, comes at them from all directions. Right. So, um, that's how they're depicted in their art and their theme, right? And that's what you want to present in the gameplay. When someone picks up their their Space Marines, that's what they want to feel like, right? That they're putting on these super tough soldiers. Or if you're playing Tyranids, you want this giant swarm host or whatever, right? The problem is um, when they write codexes, what they did was they... Um, they wanted to create, like whenever they release a new army, they needed it to be good. And since everybody plays Space Marines, the biggest idea to make a, a new army good is to give them new weaponry that will kill Space Marines like their grots or just a normal infantry lineman. Right? Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, I just how do I sit? Yep. Keep bringing plasma from what I remember. Cause you're like, oh yeah, good chance person across from me is gonna be playing Marines. So mm -hmm. I guess I'll just take all weapons that break Marine armor because mm -hmm. that's what I'm gonna, have to do to win yep so they did that uh and they had a chance to convert that when they went to third to, oh, well the third edition rules or, or seventh to eighth they didn't so now we, they still have all this ap weaponry but what they did to make space marines stronger now is you know with the system they have basically they they created this new ap system which is just very very simple it's like all weapons have a minus so so a armor roll Right. So first you have to do your toughness roll, which is the power of the weapon versus the toughness of the character. And if you fail that, then they get an armor roll, which is just uh, rolling a, an X and up on a uh, on a D6. So an armor roll would be like a two plus save, which means you it, to, to prevent damage after you've uh, been wounded from your toughness, uh, you have to roll a two and up on your save. Uh, but they created this AP system, which is all this super new powerful weaponry that gives a minus to your armor save. And so how it used to work when armor saves actually were worth something was that it's all or nothing. So you either have a, a weapon that goes through your armor save or uh, you get to use your full armor save. Yeah, which so mechanics to remember too. Yeah. Um, so to do that, they gave a whole bunch of, so to, to actually put a dent into Marine armor, they had to give like armor, say like weapons that have AP two. So it just cancels out the super good armor that all of the space Marines had. So when they transferred it over, now they just have, uh, now it's just a minus. So if you have a, a three and up armor save, which is what a space Marine has, um, and weapons, there's so many weapons with the minus three, uh, to the AP, which means that you just subtract your armor like to, I guess, subtract the save by three. So instead of a three and up, it's a six and up. So that basically negates the armor save, right? And now all these weapons basically uh, are like in every single faction and because everyone has to be good against Space Marines, there's so much AP 
the armor save is be basically become useless, right? And so to modify that, get they started. What? Is this your suggestion? Get rid of armor saves? Yes, to get rid of armor saves, exactly. Okay, so because they have toughness and they're now. To, to right now they're already doing it right they're like oh armor saves are kind of useless because we've given so much minus three minus four even a two and up save is shit well, so I've what they do heard. is now they now in new units that they want to make more powerful they give them more wounds and more toughness so well, is, so yeah what i've heard is they also for all the models that have higher toughness, they also just give them better armor as values as well. So the two, like it's two different systems they should be able to utilize to create different types of profiles. But instead they haven't done that. They just bring them both up in tandem or down in tandem with most units. Yep. So now they're not even exactly. distinct entities to work with. Yep. And now that units have multiple wounds, a lot of units have multiple wounds. For example, they, they were thinking, they're like, oh man, these terminators are not strong enough. Right, they're not tough enough, even though they have a two and up save, five plus invulnerable. Um, so what they did was they gave them plus one wound. So I'm like, well, what what are you doing? So so now wounds are are your alternate system, right? Now you have your two systems, you have three systems where one of the systems, armor saves, are useless. So they should just get rid of armor saves entirely. Yeah, because before most because before most things only had one wound. Like multiple wounds was for your heroes back yep. in like second, third edition. But now they've gone crazy with adding wounds. Which mm -hmm. I don't know if it's wounds and toughness, which is fine, yeah. honestly. It's having more wounds means you have to track more things on the table. Which isn't uh -huh. but they already have that. Yeah, they they've gone down that road. Plus mm -hmm. I think it's more flavorful that your space marines can just take a whole bunch of hits as mm -hmm. opposed to you just getting lucky and the armor stops it. Yeah. yeah, well, the thing is, what, what, like, like you were saying, right? Toughness and armor saves, they always go up together now. So, what do they really mean? What does it mean to be tough? And what does it mean to have a good armor save? It basically means the same thing. You're tough. You're able to prevent yourself from taking wounds. So, if you hit by a, like, for example, they have these super strong, powerful weapons, like a laser cannon, right? What, you're, you're tough, but you're tough. So, what does that mean against a laser cannon? Well, but like, how can you be shot by, like, how can you be tough where you can prevent wounds from a laser cannon, but not have good armor, right? Yeah, like how much is Like that... a laser cannon is both. Let's say you have a high power weapon that has bad armor penetration. What mm -hmm. does that even mean? Yeah, you're, you're basically saying they have three defensive, three levels of, ah, I'm trying to find a new word for it, but toughness mm -hmm. is three different things. There's, like your toughness yeah. is composed of your actual toughness value in the game. It's composed of your armor and yeah. your wounds. There's three things to represent your survivability, if you want to use that yeah. word, I guess. Yes, just, how you could be survivable. But what's the difference between armor saves and toughness? Mm -hmm. What does that even mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like, does, well, how, does the, like if you're thinking about modeling a real person, mm -hmm. how are you preventing damage from being tough where it's not the armor? How, what's the difference in that? It doesn't yeah, make like sense. The wounds make sense. The wounds is like how many parts your body can get blown off. <laughs> yeah. How much damage can you take, right? Mm -hmm. And that before you collapse. And the other one is how tough are you from even taking damage, right? Mm -hmm. So saves and toughness actually are trying to model the same thing in two different ways that don't make sense. Yep. So my point is remove one. 
And it would you don't have to remove. Up. You don't yeah. have to remove tough uh, uh, armor saves. You can remove toughness, and but you'd have to redo your armor save system because, like we said, armor mm -hmm. saves are useless right now, <laughs> right? Uh, and if you remove armor saves, then invulnerable like you get rid of invulnerable saves, and they already have feel no pain, which is an invulnerable save, <laughs> another invulnerable save. So if all feel all invulnerable saves became feel no pain. There's just a feel no pain save. So your heroes basically reduce their 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 hits, right? By half. You have four and up. You have your four and up invulnerable. Like there's no invulnerable. It's just save. You have a four and up save. That's basically doubling the wounds, though, honestly. And most people have no no armor save. Space mm -hmm. Marines don't have any armor save. Right? Only people with invulnerable saves have a save now. Yeah. And there's no AP. And there's just the toughness and wounds. And mods to toughness. Yeah, and that role is. By the no, way, way they faster, eat, like, yeah, the yeah. Game's kind of slow at this point. If they want to have that many models, yes, board, that's the other them. thing. This, there's so much re-rolling that they do in this game. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like when you're rolling for your saves for your Marines, do you really want to have to roll? Like you still roll it because you're like, oh, I have a one in six chance. It's still worth it, <laughs> but it's like meaningless, right? And yeah. then it reduces the complexity. It, but it doesn't, yeah but maintains the same playability because like you said all the weapons all of the weapons that are powerful also have good ap all of the tough guys now who have high toughness now have a good save it's meaningless right? it's removing something redundant yep yeah it's redundancy um i know they definitely mess it up afterwards because they're like oh well we need saves so just everyone yeah. will have invulnerable saves and then oh that's too much so we're gonna have to give more people with mortal wounds that they go through everything they'll mm -hmm. definitely do that but like yeah, they, they put it right back in <laughs> but but if they did that i think that would help with a lot of the problems um again uh, of, of just like slowness of feeling of this this power creep kind of thing right um and then um they would have to make, I don't know, people a little bit tougher, right? Maybe all Space Marines are now toughness five. Who knows? Yep. No, they they already are trying to do that now. They release these stupid, like, heavy intercessors with toughness five and three wounds. They're already having whatever inflation. And then they started making, <laughs> they already break the systems they have already. <laughs> but 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 for a, a, a small, short time, I'm just saying, one of the things they could do to save it for, like, a portion is just rip out, rip out that entire system. It'd be better. Yeah, well, I think they're they're too attached to the heritage of the game and they will never do it. Oh yeah, they never do it because it's just like every single game they make has this mechanic behind it. No. No. They don't the the Warcry does not. Warcry has only hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's yeah. that's more towards a board game side, so they had to cut it down. But they're major systems. Yeah, but there's no Warcry is is trying to become a major system, right? Oh, no. It's their skirmish version of of uh age of sigmar mm -hmm. and does anyone really mess like they kind of in my opinion screwed it up because they added too many wounds right but like like just the the, the number of wounds is like yeah, they're yeah, gonna well, have well, they're gonna have D, &D number of wounds gonna, soon right this guy has 120 wounds and you're like oh my god uh, so is war cry one of your games on your list no. nope no. okay well we can't no. discuss it then <laughs> yeah fair okay. enough yeah, so yeah, they're not going to change it, but that is the one thing I would change on 9th edition. The f no, not the one thing. The first thing I would change <laughs> right. if I wanted to make 9th edition playable. Oh, don't worry. I also went through a bunch of lists, and I'm I'm just choosing one of these off the list. I wrote down right. each game. But All right, so that's my number three. Three games, nine changes each would be 
potentially 18 changes, which we've already taken a long time discussing two changes. So, yeah, all right. On that note, I will make it to my second game. All right. Which would be War Machine. Oh. Uh-oh. Okay, go on. Well, I thought we would overlap on this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That's why I'm going to take it first. So in War Machine... <laughs> I should have went first. Damn it. You should have right. said this one first. So yeah. in War Machine, you have an I-go-you-go go system where you're, you both you take one big turn and they take one big turn where you <clears throat> excuse me activate everything. Mm-hmm. which we've discussed this on other podcasts when you end up trying to go for the win or like you usually at one point in the game make one big turn that's like 20 minutes mm-hmm. long your opponent just sits there kind of just marking stuff and waiting mm-hmm. that's just how the game plays mm-hmm. that that takes i find it takes a lot of the fun away also mm-hmm. being able to use all your models in one turn creates the possibilities for doing some really complicated activations which then mm-hmm. makes you sit there with analysis paralysis because there's so many possible options for what you could do, mm-hmm. which I find detracts from the game. Also, like the crazy combos you could pull off means if you don't know about these potential combos that could mm-hmm. be done by activating like six different guys in order, if you don't, if you can't see that combo of six guys that your opponent could pull off, you lose, which increases the steepness of the learning game. <clears throat> so... My solution to that, while still kind of keeping with the, the feel of the game, mm-hmm. is to use the sort of group activation that Frostgrave does. Where in Frostgrave, you have your wizard, your apprentice, and then a whole bunch of other guys. So when you mm-hmm. activate in Frostgrave each turn, you start yeah. each turn by activating your wizard first, who can then activate a few people around them. Then it goes around everybody else. You then activate your apprentice with a couple guys around them. Then you go, then everybody else gets to go with those. And then finally you activate whatever else is left. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say just layer that right onto War Machine because they've already introduced Warcasters and then sort of Journeyman Warcasters, which are lesser versions of them. Mm-hmm. So in their fluff, they've already got this built in. You've got your leader and then you've kind of got their the student. Who can still do some of the... Like That's exactly can, what I put it. We've talked too much about stuff, apparently, changes, because this is well, literally this is, what I said for number two. All right. going to make the podcast short then. Good work. <laughs> All right. So how would a, you do it? Let's see if we're exactly aligned. So I did not go that far down, so I guess you could take over from there. But I think I would have... I would I would stick with their fluff, because I've read a lot of their fluff. It's pretty, mm-hmm. It was pretty good. That you have the warjacks or the beasts, which are kind of like your giant monsters, your giant mm-hmm. robots. You start the game with maybe two of maximum two of them attached to each of your either your lead warcaster or the journeyman warcaster. Mm-hmm. And then when they activate, they can either use their power points, because they've got different mm-hmm. systems for each, towards either allocating them towards the beasts they're controlling. Mm-hmm. to sort of work through them or to use spells on themselves or mm-hmm. cast the spells. So you can just choose one or the other. And then obviously... When they the activate? Be- or at the beginning of the turn? No, when they activate. Okay. So just like yeah. how it is now, except that you just only... Yeah, go on. Yeah, so because the beasts and the warjacks have some level of autonomy, that if you use your caster to do their own thing, the beast or the jack will still do a little bit on its own, but it won't be nearly as powerful. So you you activate all the people like the Jack and then them and their group. And then you have some ability to, if one of them dies, to try and like re-up to take over 
there are others, Jax. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you go around, like you do your Warcaster and they're attached. We'll call it just War Jax for now. We'll just assume mm -hmm. it means the beast as well. So mm -hmm. you go, then your opponent does theirs, and then you go with your journeyman. Then they, you cast spells or you pump more power into your Warjack. Or because mm -hmm. in the game, you can sort of see through the eyes of the ones that are attached to you. So you can mm -hmm. sort of fight through their body. Mm -hmm. And then you go with the rest of your troops and whoever's first just goes with everybody else. But it means you can sort of see a bit about what's about to happen. Yep. And it becomes, then the game becomes more about your Warjacks and less about the troops. Yep, that's basically. That's that's exactly uh, what I was thinking as well. Um, so I would do. And I think the players would accept it because it fits with the fluff. It totally fits with the fluff. So mm -hmm. I would say like you could have whatever three, maybe you could have unlimited jacks, whatever, like three heavy jacks, six whatever, because it's different between light and heavy, right? So, so maybe, maybe you would give a value for each warcaster. That they how many jacks they can handle at once. Yep. And that's part of the fluff that they, you know, that they don't have right now. It's just basically based on their spell power, but that doesn't make sense, right? Because certain guys are supposed to be good with a lot of jacks, but they don't have enough spell power. So it'd be cool to have that, right? So you basically have three things. Um for me, I I didn't I thought basically you would have three groups, right? But you could choose which one to activate one, two, and three, but maybe it is better to have your Warcaster and war, war, and uh, Journeyman to go um, first just to force um, the level of power. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe if you lose one of them, you can activate a troop or a group, one other thing in that phase just as a catch-up mechanic mm -hmm. and to stop the... Um, but it's great to have the idea that, you know, your, your Journeyman, like, there's all this fluff about reigniting a, a or taking over a warjack, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't really use it <laughs> because oh. it never happens, right? So, but it would be very, very cool if you have a journeyman and you have a warcaster. So that means if your warcaster gets incapacitated, but you got to activate the jack, then you you need to get your journeyman. At, I don't know if it, if they want to make it base to base, but within whatever their range, the command range, to to re up them. I think that is a great idea super fluffy um the last one i would just for me i would say actually put in a leader like a solo lieutenant so you basically literally have three characters you have your warcaster you have your journeyman and you have your general oh interesting so the general can give other abilities so maybe you cut down the list now, I, I don't even know he just he's the one who activates maybe he does have abilities right but you basically have three different things that are going most of the power comes to the warcaster and uh, the warcaster mm -hmm. right and then your general is basically the weakest version of those three right mm -hmm. um and i guess your your journeyman can either be a journeyman or a what's it the jack i forget their names jack marshall jack marshall, jack marshall mm -hmm. yeah and then you can have those three things running around i think that would be really great uh, very interesting. Um, I don't know how you would do the solo thing. Like to me, one of those things is, is also you don't necessarily even you could even if you do it that way, you might even have to do an well, even do an integrated turn or something like that. So it's just um, the game lasts like for every round, it's from your warcaster. But how long does an ability for a solo last, right? So let's say 
your solos and your character and your non-warjack, non-warcaster. So your warcaster activates, they activate with their jacks, right? Only their jacks. Your your um, journeyman activates, they, they activate with their jacks. And then your uh, your general, your, your army activates, right? Um, but how would your abilities for your solos help your warjack? I guess it lasts until the next solo round, next their next round, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it would be really interesting to, mm -hmm. to do it that way um, and allowed a lot more counterplay and allow like people not just sitting there waiting. So, well, of course I think it's interesting. It was my number two. So yeah, that, that I think is, it could honestly be almost implemented immediately. Yeah. Um, and then you just have to tweak things. Like you'd have to tweak things if some things are overpowered overpowered but you don't need a huge you don't need a huge like change in terms of of the, the game rules don't have to go away no yep yep i think that would be great um just thinking about playing that way makes me kind of want to play the game yeah <laughs> i gotta oh. say yeah the fact you don't just sit there doing nothing that's, yeah that's, and that you don't have this huge list of like what do you call it comboing happening yeah it's like and, in magic the gathering you don't get to play freaking so many things at once you you kind yeah. of get a chance your opponent building their combo yeah there's a war machine no there's no there's no anticipation of the yeah. build. there's no breaking the build up you just like oh. and i love the fluff where where the warjack the warcaster's power is not supposed to be comboing with the army it's the comboing with their warjacks which helps put the emphasis back onto the warjacks right because if you really want to combo with your warcaster directly when they activate it has to be with warjacks you can't combo with well, no, they tree, could cast right? it onto the troops. They can cast things on yeah, the troops. Yeah, but then the other person can can yeah react to like mm -hmm. uh, counter right with things. Yeah, yeah I think that would be great. Part. And now they have so many journeymen in the game. Yeah, you can just play it. You can literally do it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. They'll never do it <laughs> yet again. But the, here, here's the thing. Unlike they might. The unlike game. the so so your one, your number three, you could do right. You could house rule. My number three, it's never going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's too big. It's, it's too big. And we don't even play it, so it'll never happen. Our number two for the War Machine alternate activation, we could just house rule it and play it, right? You don't need a huge modification to do it. Yeah. They, if they do it, they're able to balance it, whereas it would take a lot of work for you to balance things individually. Um. I, yeah, but like literally, we can just start playing it and and see how it goes. It probably is not going to be that broken, honestly. Yeah. Like it'll be different, right? But it's not going to be whatever, super, whatever. And if we play just for fun, mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to take, we're not going to game our own change of rules, right? You know what I'm saying? That's already a house rule. I'm just saying that you could literally implement this, play this right now, just use their rules, and you can have fun for this one. Without without needing them to actually implement it, yeah, and then feedback and say, oh, I played this way and it was amazing, and then maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll be a cool variant that people play. Well, they have the team play, but anyway, yeah, that's the other thing. They actually already had this a little bit in their giant version of War Machine, although the game takes way too long when you have too many Warcasters, so no one played it. But exactly, yep. I think the best thing about their giant team versions of the game that they released was um they just released a lot of cool spreads and art 
mm-hmm. of multi warcaster battles. Uh, that was the best part about that about them do, implementing those rules. I don't know how many games of of multi warcaster people have played. Yeah. All right. Is that it? Yes. All right. That's quick. Number one. Oh, this is one of the ones where I wrote down so many changes. To the game. All right. If oh. you you didn't take mine, did you? You know what my number one is. Oh yeah, no, I'm not gonna name the game you're gonna name. So this I can Okay, name okay, good. Because I'm yeah. like, really? You did number two, and then you're gonna go and compliment number one. I definitely should have went first. I have I have backups, just saying. But oh, okay. Well, I have three for this game. So even if you named one, I could go for two more. All right. You go. But... Well, you go. You you've been going first. So all right. Number one. So this is the number one change you would so do. This, well, this is where I unfortunately feel I, like I want to make every game the same I play. <laughs> I <could> be- <laughs> this is this is like the the forty k should just be third edition kind of thing. It's just like uh every game should be this game. All right. No, no, no that, that's forty k being forty k is different than these games. Like <laughs> okay. we're we're still letting forty k be you activate everything at once. We didn't say we've never said that you should. Well, we don't you. No, we're, we're not big on... In 40K, we're like, no, just activate take your whole stupid army, whatever. Uh, no, I think that's that's one of the things I thought about. But No, it's just, just make it small. That's, that was my, my complaint about 40K, is just make the game smaller so the turns aren't just long. You can activate all your stupid shit. You know what, actually? I was just looking at this. Um, is that, you know, in 9th edition, uh, they changed the points, right? I don't know if you know this. They inflated the points. And they actually, mm-hmm. it looks like what they did... I was just looking back and I'm like, wait a second. How much did they inflate these points? They inflated, they deflated all the points so that um, an army in third edition it is the same size as ninth. Oh, wow. They brought it back into a manageable yep. size. Yeah. That's basically. That means, less, that means less Titans on the board, too. No. No, they didn't change those points. <laughs> Uh, I think I think so, but some of the tides are just take a, a larger. Uh, what do you, yeah? Well, yes, I guess in some ways they do take like like the weaponry and everything has changed, right? So the killiness of the game is very different, but like everything just dies, right? But the size of your army, like I was just pointing out, an orc army, a space marine army, right? And of course, you know, in third edition, it's going to be slightly different, right? But it's now, yeah, it's it's basically the same size. 1750 is, is 1750. In fact, the new points might be even a little bit higher. So like a, a 1500 uh, third edition uh, orc army, which is the normal way to play, is only slightly smaller than a 1750, like maybe like one squad smaller than a current ninth edition 1750 army. Whereas before it was like, two or maybe even three okay so i was actually impressed i'm just like they they did they changed it i thought that it was just like uh lip service Mm -hmm. but they actually did and it doesn't sound greedy at all i don't i don't get it (laughs) that sounds like making uh, me playable yeah about buying as much don't get me wrong it still takes a lot longer because of what we were talking about before number of rolls and re-rolls so (laughs) so um yeah, but they did reduce the armor size. Okay. Well, anyhow, that's that's one thing that we we don't didn't mention. 
So going back to my making every game the same, which mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not totally guilty of because we just agreed or I just agreed that this 40K doesn't need to change that part. Mm-hmm. X-Wing. X-Wing has many changes I would make to it. Okay. Because at the core, it has good mechanics. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be thrown away. But I would say make missions the standard way of playing in that game. Mm. Yes, I think missions so really needed. So X Wing is a great game. It's a great dogfighting game where where you're um, you really feel like flying around matters. Except they kind of messed it up with all the cards, but that's neither here nor there. But the core rules are great for feeling like you're you're, you're maneuvering your ships. Yeah, exactly. They made the card card acquisition a bit easier in the new version, where you don't have to buy Imperials and you don't have to buy every single faction out there to get the cards anymore. If you start brand new, it's maybe better. But if you have all of these old first edition ships, it costs like a crap ton of money to buy the cards. Yeah, yeah. Co- cost aside. But yeah, we haven't named all the games should just be cheaper. I'm sure there's games where we can name them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. You know, actually, they could have solved a lot by just saying that... Uh... Anyways, go on. Anyhow. I was going to say well, an idea, but that's not my actual number one. Uh, so I should not say. your game, so... Yep. All right, go um, on. For X-Wing, like... Because we've talked about this before, that mm-hmm. there's the set endpoint doesn't really exist. That you just keep flying around until everything's gone. It often yeah. makes games feel the same. So I would mm-hmm. say, again, use things that already exist in their fluff and things they sell. Mm-hmm. Base the missions around selling extra packs, like when they sell those like unique larger ships, or they okay. could sell unique larger terrain. You buy the terrain and then you can play a mission with somebody else. Like you don't both have to buy it. Uh-huh. As long as one person has this piece, you can yeah. play the mission. So it, it lets them sell more. It gives the missions more. Yeah. The game doesn't keep playing when you fly around in circles, just mm-hmm. trying to like tap each other, even though you both have really defensive ships. Where, where you're down to one ship each, basically. And they're both around. really good defensive ships. You're yeah. like, oh, there's going to be, we're just going to fly in like circles until one person accidentally gets a good roll off and then the person mm-hmm. doesn't make any of their saves. Yeah. Like, the game can be over really early and maybe as part of the missions there's mm-hmm. a set end point for if you lose too many ships or if you get to too many too low of a point level just mm-hmm. something to end the game and to make the game some sort of sudden death thing in the mission pack yeah. yeah i think right now the big ships did come with missions but the problem is that they had the the general thematic one right it's just mm-hmm. general one mission one thematic mission and then that's it right you're saying like make the main mode of play a set of more generic missions with the with these items, right? Yep. That have more replayability, but like now that's the main way to play so that you can it can be more than just killing your ships. Yes. Yeah, I, I totally I agree. The game costs more money that way. Like we said, oh, <laughs> the game should be made cheaper. I'm like, no, make X Wing more. <laughs> yeah. Now you have to buy that big ship to play, and if you make that the the default way to play, it it definitely you, you can see like other games, right? Most miniature games, it's not just deathmatch, right? Where whoever grinds the opponent's army wins, right? You want a variety of missions, and they change the game up so much, yeah. right? They give so much. A depth uh, and interest and then every season you can switch things up to make things uh interesting and new and novel right so yeah, you can have like, like six base missions for every season let's say yeah it could be kind of like how magic has their oh, i'm trying to remember the name of them because i don't play magic the current sets that are in mm-hmm. like they have three yeah sets. they're just called sets oh uh, okay so the they block have you mean the block 
Yeah, they don't go. have locks anymore. Uh, they got rid of that. Well, it's just sets. Okay, so there's currently like certain sets that are in use. So you're not like, oh man, if I just buy this this new mission pack now, it might be gone next time around. You're like, no, no. Oh yeah, it's going to be yeah. gone in like if it cycles every mm-hmm. year just to keep it fresh because they got to keep selling stuff. That's fine. Uh-huh. Maybe yeah. There's four sets mission sets in activation at once so you know if you buy the one that's like the current the oldest one mate you're only going to get to use it for another year then it's going to go out of production so you know what you're buying into you're not like oh i'm gonna get ripped off because this is going to go out you know the current sets that are in circulation and they have guaranteed income even if you've got like your old ships lying around they can keep getting more money out of their player base you can keep the game fresh and you yeah. don't throw the whole thing away yeah i don't understand why they didn't do missions like you don't even have to make the missions like in a lot of, of miniature games. The miniatures is the only like not the miniatures. The the mission objectives are the only way to play. Uh, you don't have to to do it all or nothing. You can say for this uh, specific mission or for every mission, fifty percent are kill kill points, which is how much you kill the opponent, and fifty percent are the mission points. And after a set number of turns, or maybe even just like there's just triggers where it ends the game, right? then like if you only have one ship or you only have this many points that the game ends, or if you get this many points, the game ends, right? Yep. Then you have uh, killing still matters, right? But you also then add this more interesting layer of trying to achieve these things to win these things. And t- technically it's much closer to what the movies, right? The ships were not just flying around trying to kill each other most of the time. Yeah, they didn't just show up to kill each other. It was very rare. Yeah. And you could put more ships on the board too, so they could sell more ships. Because now you're not now the game doesn't have to go as long because there's some other end point. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because often there's actually only- that's a good point. You could say it's five, six ships and it's just 10 turns. Now your game, even for tournaments, you can you can set a more specific uh endpoint, right? Or time time length, because you know that there's only going to be, let's say 10 rounds or whatever for the game. Yeah. Maybe, right? maybe if a ship's about to leave the sector, it's 10 turns. Cause it makes sense. It's mm-hmm. 10 turns. Yeah. But maybe in other games you're trying to like break through a blockade. So if you mm-hmm. break through enough of the defender's ships, mm-hmm. then the game ends. It doesn't matter the turn. Yep. So much. But, yeah. I think there's so many good things. It doesn't, it really doesn't make sense. I don't understand why they didn't implement this mission pack. And I'm surprised that I can understand why they would, uh, what do you call it? That they want to make it easy for players, but like literally for the starting players, just one of the missions of the whatever six missions could just be kill points, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you say 50% is the mission, 50% is kill points. One mission is you get double the points for killing. And that's well, literally just your base mission well, that everyone starts well, the out base with. pack that you have to buy with the damage decks could come with a couple missions, but they're not the they're not the standard way to play. They're just well, no, but you could literally have one of the missions. Let's say you have six missions per season, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, random number. One of your missions is kill points, and that's the mission you always start out with, right? Because just like Infinity, there's a kill kill mission, right? So, so you have one mission that is kill points that you want to onboard people with if you want to just play simply. But mm-hmm. as soon as you start getting into the game, you get excited. You start throwing in these different missions, which keeps things interesting, keeps people engaged. And those other five missions can change and swap uh, in per per season to keep things interesting. Yeah, maybe every pack gives you three different missions. So you don't just buy this one big ship that gives you only one mission. Like maybe it's in two of the three missions in that pack. 
or sure. you get a couple or you get a couple different like objects mm-hmm. in a single pack you buy it's not just oh this is the one big ship pack it comes with a couple things possibly yeah there's all sorts of things you can do you like if you start doing the season thing there can be special uh, terrain in the box like whatever. you can have special special ability cards mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, that's harsh then you don't even get to use them if you don't buy the pack yet uh well that's 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 targeting like if i was trying to to sell the game like if i was oh, a business person they've already gone down that road you're, you're not going any further than they go that's true that is true um yeah I think that that's actually really good. And I think that would really help. Uh, Cause I, I know like there's besides the changeover um, to second edition, I think there really was X-Wing fatigue where, you know, there's, there's you the, in the that over and over the, like, same, and, the and one mission you're playing over and over again. There's no yeah. reason to change your army up much. If one army yeah. becomes unbalanced, good. It's not like there's the army's one army might be better at different mission than the other. If you've got missions, mm-hmm. if it's purely about killing and there's, like a meta of certain ships being good mm-hmm. you just go down the road of having lists for you just yep. build to be the best at killing and that's all yep. and just think about tournaments when you're playing if you have to play three different missions that's so cool because now you're like oh i'm really good at killing but i'm actually kind of bad at these other two missions where i'm trying to escort something or break through a blockade or something oh that's mm-hmm. so good yeah oh well i know well, I have all my X-Wing stuff packed away and I have too many games to play anyway, so. All right. Which... <laughs> well... That's not the problem for my number one, though. My number one is Infinity. And if you've heard me talk or, or about Infinity, um, even just like randomly about Infinity, you probably know the one change that I think I'm going to talk about that would make Infinity so much better. Making uh, it twice as large? <laughs> Yeah, making 600 points. Uh, no, it's going, um, changing it so it's I go, you go. No, adding tanks to the game. No. Um, the actual one is uh, in Infinity, it's a super great dynamic game uh, with a, a lot of strategic uh, placement of your, your units uh, with a good defensive uh, mechanic of arrows versus an attacking mechanic of order use. So you can spend a whole bunch of orders to move one guy and continue to fire if he's doing really well, balanced by the fact that whenever you move, the defensive guy can fire back. Yep. However, there's certain guys can fire back better. (laughs) Yes, certain guys can fire back better. Uh, Which is, that part is fine, but what they did at some point in the game, they got some like feedback where they said, oh, you know, it's cool and all that. You ha- It's a skirmish game. You have like 10 to 20 models. Now it's, it's 15 models, right, on each side. Um, but uh, people were saying, oh, you know what? I want to move my guys as a group and as like a, a little like squad, right? And so to satisfy that, their first way to satisfy that, way back I think is in second edition, which we didn't really play, um, was to create this mechanic called link teams where you moved like five guys together and they got super ridiculous bonuses for that. Like there's, they're not only better at killing people when they move, they're better at like super good at the defense. Even if you're only attacking one of the guys in the group, that one guy becomes just twice as good at, at he becomes more back accurate. At he shoots more bullets. <laughs> Why? Don't ask. Everything else yeah. in the game was trying to be a good simulation, but this yeah. mechanic now just throws the simulation out the window. Yeah, for 
in the name of making groups of units feel like a squad. But even but though they you, literally... want, you want people to activate all at once because it costs points to put models in different positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you sometimes want to bring different abilities to bear up the board. So yeah. just the fact that you get to move guys together, like they created the command token mechanic, which mm-hmm. you get four of those a game, and then you can move guys together. Mm-hmm. Like that's important to use because being yeah. able to move things in clumps matters. Yeah. And the thing is, when you activate a thing in a clump using the command token mechanic, or you activate things in a group using the link team mechanic, for mm-hmm. some reason, the guys don't activate the same way at all, even though you're yep. activating multiple people at once. So yep. yet again, you're breaking the, the simulation of the whole thing. Yep, and link team, like the, the coordinated order mechanic is much more similar to all these other rules for moving people to get, uh, together, right? They have this yep. other thing called uh, synced, right? Sinking a guy where you move one guy, you can move another guy, right? Which is literally the same thing. But then they have this other th- special rule that's linked teams that is entirely different that gives like these super ridiculous bonuses when they're activated together. And one of the biggest things is that every person in a link team is twice as good in defense. It has nothing to do with activating together. It's just somehow they're better. Like you, you literally one, one of the guys in the link team can be sitting out there like eight inches away, not even seeing the rest of their link team. And if you attack that one guy, that guy shoot like is twice as good at shooting you, and you can shoot him in the back, and he will immediately turn around and shoot you, even if he can't see the other people, as long as he's within eight inches of the other people, which doesn't make any sense what whatsoever. No, so not most it, of it seems like link teams were a rule created back when they didn't. Uh, that was their first edition or, or first iteration of being able to activate a whole bunch of guys together, right? And so they created, like you said, so many better ways of doing it, right? Coordinated orders in third edition are this so much more clean way that activates way more closely to the other ways of moving the guys together that now it feels like link teams are just this like ugly appendage of a time gone by that they just have not yet removed from the game because again, people are just used to it, right? So this on top of that, it changes the game totally. So my, my rule is... Uh, just strip out link teams, get rid of them. Um, but the problem with link teams is that literally they use it to um, sell models now. Sell models and make uh, coordinated um, to make to make their fire teams like sectorials work, right? So sure, strip mm-hmm. out link teams, but give them something. So so you need that to balance out these sectorials versus these larger these other they, armies. They basically have to reamalgamate it into the coordinated orders. Yeah. Or the yeah. Way- so exactly what I'm saying. Uh, where everybody yeah. in the group can activate in a coordinated order, they just don't activate at maximum capacity, which makes more sense because you're all trying to like yeah. pay attention to each other. Yeah. And so the, the idea of so so my idea is change link teams to be coordinated orders. So like in a link team right now is if you have a link leader and anyone that activates within eight inches is in the link and they all become super good. Well, in the way that I would say is that. If you activate the link leader, anyone in eight inches that's part of their link team, uh, I guess they're called fire teams these days, by the way, if you're trying to look it up, uh, they get a free coordinated order. They can. You don't have to activate as coordinated order, but if you choose to, you can activate anyone in coordinated order. And it simplifies so many things. And I, we've literally tried this this rule out. Like this is one. Of, this is the 
only one of the, out of the three that I mentioned that I've actually tried out. It works really well. You can literally slide this in really easily. Um, yeah, I've tried breaking it by just giving, because with the link team mechanic and the coordinate order mechanic, with the link team mechanic, as we said, only one person gets to shoot when you're activating, whereas in the coordinated order, everybody gets to shoot once, but the leader of it gets to shoot their their number of shots divided by two rounded up. Mm-hmm. And I tried breaking it by giving everybody like single use super powerful weapons in these in the fire teams. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even that powerful. Like it wasn't kicking the crap out of the people I went up against. Like Sorry, I'm like, oh, I'll take all these disposable rockets. I'll just shoot a whole pile of disposable rockets. Oh, attack with like, a coordinated order. Yes, but using the using using that for the the link teams having that ability to do it. So mm-hmm. playing out playing out this change, I'm like, oh, this is yeah. how you break. You just take a whole bunch of these really cheap disposable long range weapons and mm-hmm. blow the crap out of something. I'm like, eh, it takes a lot of work to set this up, and it's not all. It's only sort of effective. Yeah. So it didn't even break the game when I tried to break it. So Yeah. So if you just, the other thing is that all these link team bonuses that they have are just stupid. Like shooting twice in arrow doesn't make sense. Uh, it also skews the game. It changes the game so much. And in my opinion, the game plays a lot better uh, without this. Basically because link teams give you plus one burst in arrows, so you have, you're twice as good at shooting. And if you have a five-man link, you get a plus three to hit. So you're way better at shooting. Uh, It changes what is a good defense and what is a good offense as well. Yeah. So it skewed the entire game. Uh, And if you were to remove this and make it more coordinated orders, the game plays no matter what. Like if you're playing two vanilla armies who don't have access to link teams, they're going to play a lot more similarly than than, uh, with a sectorial versus, versus a vanilla army. Right, it's just the skew of the game. Trying to get people to learn the link team rules is ridiculous, and trying to get them to learn how to play with and against the link team because it's like from an entirely different game that they just shoved into the rules, at much in a much poorer way. Yep. Um, so I think on this one, you will get your wish, or at least some part of the wish, mm, because of the new so. of N four, they did not put the fire team rules into the core rulebook. They kept mm-hmm. them in a separate PDF and made it pretty clear they intend to keep editing that PDF. Yeah, they weren't quite ready to edit those. So I think out of our whole list of all these changes, this will be the one that you get. We get something. I don't think they're going to go enough. I think the problem is that people are upset. Like there's a there's again, it's just you know the the audience just does not want change. They would rather the game be worse overall, but not change, than there be a significant change because then they have to do a lot of work to update themselves right this this might be less accepted than any of the other changes i suggested yeah um maybe not some of yours yours are more radical i think my (laughs) my my ap toughness change is like the biggest change that i don't even think could be implemented okay that's fine that's the least likely to ever be implemented yeah uh i think i think there could be i don't know i think i think people could change it if if uh in uh Corvus Belly, the company that makes Infinity, were actually wanted to to do it, but I don't know if they have the um, wherewithal to to make such a big change. And I don't even know if that's on their radar. Which, like, I know they want to change league teams, but I don't know if they're willing to make such a big change in their head. 
Well, I think even though I think it's 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 dead obvious, right? <laughs> it's like the most obvious change you would do for linked teams, in my opinion. Well, apparently when they developed M4, they let the sort of the they're called workhorse, but they're kind of like the the community organizers mm-hmm. that are kind of appointed mm-hmm. by Corvus Belli, put a lot of input into the rules and certain mm-hmm. things they thought they would never do in the new edition. The people, the workhorse, just kept arguing back and like, here's a way better rule. You should mm-hmm. go with this, you should go with this. And they kept arguing it and it eventually ended up in the game. Oh, so, so maybe if there's enough workhorse that are like, oh, you should do this. Um, I do know that one of the rules that there was a lot of hubbub that they did change, uh, that was actually quite a big deal uh, in fourth edition was the crit rule. They changed the crit rule where it used to be that if you crit, you auto damage a person, which is really good. And it swings the entire maths of the game, mm-hmm. especially linked teams, because you get a plus one burst, which means it's huge in terms of critting. Um, uh, and usually you crit one in five chance, uh, one five percent uh, chance. Uh, but if you get twice as many dice, you're creating a lot more, Um, and especially going through armor. Um, But they changed it in the new rules, where instead instead you just get to roll an extra damage. And nobody, I was surprised, because a lot of people were in the community online, were talking about potential changes, and nobody, not maybe not nobody, but next to no one said, did the change that Corvus Belli decided. Right, they were. All, everyone was thinking about smaller changes to tweak things to um, appease the community, so it's not too big of a change. Um, but what they, uh, what Corvus Belli did, was quite quite a big change, and it was really good. It was, it was pretty readily accepted. Yeah, yeah, and, and in fact, everyone after they they started playing it, that that everyone really liked it, and no one wants to go back. So maybe if they change it, maybe. But I don't know. I'd have to see it. Yeah. As I said, it fits into how they package models too. So they can't, they mm-hmm. package like different models together mm-hmm. to form these fire teams. Yeah. So, so I can't see them nerfing it too much. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, well, the rule that I said is you still get fire teams. Oh yeah. They're just play more like every other thing and they don't change entirely the, uh, the, uh, reactive turn right and also the extra burst that they give on the active turn makes reactions way worse like the reason why sniper rifles suck now in in defense is because of link teams yeah because if there's a sniper rifle on sniper rifle fight the active sniper rifle that's in link team will have three shots and the regular sniper rifle that's outside of the fire team will only have one shot back yep so it's just it's not viable to have and they get plus three to hit on a oh, link yeah, team yeah, and non-viable to have a sniper watching the field. The yeah, and it skews the math, right? Like I don't think they even understand. Uh, maybe they do. I don't know, but I I really question whether at least the community understands the benefit. Like plus burst is the biggest benefit you can get overall, especially in defense, right? Like just the crit rule means that plus burst is huge. And they, yeah. they did understand it before because you look at like how much that you pay for like an HMG, you used to pay from an HMG, which is four dice to a HRMC, which is five dice. It's huge, right? A massive point cost. That's not a big upgrade in your damage. It's just the one extra dice. Yep. yep. And the points on that gun are enormous. 
and it only yeah. comes on like super models. Yeah, so they they kind of understood that, but I don't know why they threw that all out when they they think about AROs like double burst and AROs is crazy. So yeah. yeah, and the same thing with the sniper example. If you've got mm. a sniper in link team versus a sniper outside of link team, or you've sniper in link team versus another sniper in link team, mm-hmm. it's you're going three shots on one or three shots on two. And the math is hugely different. Like three shots yeah. on one, your link team sniper, it's got it in the bag. Mm-hmm. Or, or just a, like a normal guy. Yeah, or just a normal guy can take out that. With other, a combi rifle or something. Yeah, you take three shots at crappier level against one shot at better level. Yeah, you might get or it. four shots. If you're in yeah. link team, you got four shots, right? With the plus whatever mm-hmm. burst. It's just... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's... Just the crit thing is a big deal, so... There's a lot of things that if they keep it, they can change, but uh, that's the number one thing. I think it would make, and, and like you said, hopefully it'll change, but I think that that's one of my biggest complaints. And to be fair, I love Infinity, but this is the thing that would make the game so much better if they cleaned it up. Yes, all these things would have made games pretty amazing. <laughs> Anyways. Only... All right. So uh, one last thing. Are there any... Um, are these actually the top three, I guess, just in general changes to uh, a game games that you, you thought of? These are your top three that you want. Oh, these would all make the game so much fun. Like, I can't think of other okay. games. These are already games that we've played, so I kind of like them. Mm-hmm. But, like, this would make them so much better. Yeah, these are the first three that pop in your head, right? So you think that actually these kind of changes would actually make these games fun, that you would actually want to play them more. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it. We're talking about one rule change, right? Some of them are bigger than others, right? But the, a lot of these games, we don't like, besides me, like, I don't play War Machine. I don't play 40K. I play Infinity, right? But um, we're talking about one change, like small tweaks or, or, you know, just, you know, we have a laundry list of changes, but sometimes it just takes one change to help help reinvigorate a game, right? Sometimes these games, like these days, what switches a game from just, oh, I don't want to play it versus, oh, this is like, I, I'm reinvigorated and I want to play this game again, right? Mm-hmm. Is just a tweak of one thing, right? Yeah, and it's probably on the counter side, it's probably easier to ruin a game with making one bad rule <laughs> like one rule can just break a game like yeah, that's right the previous editions of warhammer 40k you're like uh terrain pretty much doesn't interact with your models anymore oh, yeah, eighth like, edition yeah that's bad <laughs> it was so, so bad. bad it was amazing to me that eighth edition got so much popular it definitely made like in terms of the gameplay it's part one of the biggest thing, reasons why i think the so game was so much totally worse makes, it totally makes sense on the counter than on the pro side of improving rules if you've got something in the game that's just so detrimental Mm-hmm. that you can just get deal with that mm-hmm. and come up with a new system for it that like mm-hmm. if there's only one thing that's really out of place and you fix it the game uh-huh. can be so when you're thinking about changes for games right um obviously we like like you were saying we have laundry lists of changes do you mm-hmm. think when people change to new additions that's what they should be thinking about they're like you know it's almost like a the the, the doctors whatever thing like do no harm first so do just tweak things, like do one small change instead of going in there and saying, oh, I'm going to change. It's a new edition. We're going to change everything, right? Just mm-hmm. say, you know what? We want to tweak this one small thing, right? To make it a little bit better. And if we, if we, if we deal with the biggest problem, 
this can make, you know, this is, this is better than changing everything and not being sure if you just mess up the game entirely, like uh, what happened in War Machine 3rd Edition or all these kind of things. When they tried to do too many changes at one time, they ended up creating all these extra issues, right? Because you don't know how these new rules and changes are going to affect the overall game, right, With a lot of play, without a lot of playtesting. Whereas if yeah, you only do like, you know, the one small change or, or a couple at, at a time, then you it's much more manageable. You can see the changes, you can deal with them. And maybe that's all you need, right? To, to reinvigorate the game. Yeah, well, these are medium-sized changes. I wouldn't call any of them small. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but it's one change, right? You're saying. Yep. Although, yeah, yeah. So um, any other thoughts about tweaking games, improving things? that you would want to talk about? No, we're just talking about these ones. So as I said before, a lot of these changes are kind of bringing all the games towards being one sort of ideal game, which, <laughs> which has missions, which doesn't have one player going for too long. There's just sort of a bunch mm -hmm. of ideals I see in a war game. And this is all of these kind of bring the game. Not being, not being too big and yeah. not taking up too much time. Mm -hmm. Right. I guess that's, that's one thing that's an issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of that, um, yeah, let's uh, finish up this podcast so we can talk about the game that we're working on and see how we're improving it. All right. And maybe we'll talk. All to right. You yeah. Yeah. So if uh, you have uh, any games, you think you, you have a uh, one like deep burning change that you wish would happen to your favorite game, or maybe a game you used to love, come and uh, talk to us, give us a shout, uh, tell us what your change would be. Uh, you can find us on uh, Dice Over Everything group on Facebook, or uh, you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yep, and find us at diceovereverything.com. All right. This has been Alan. Been Brandon. Bye.